Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by Dave Sethi. He is the Director of Sport Partnerships at Meta, more specifically focusing on student-athletes and sport creators, focusing on the needs and opportunities that are facing student-athletes across the country, all divisions, all levels, creators as well, who are shaping the culture of sports as we know it on all of Meta's platforms. Uh, I want to dive deeper into that, Dave, especially with the mental health aspect, which is not just teens across the country, especially with student athletes. But let's first just sort of 30,000 foot view the treetop. Tell me specifically uh, in terms of the sport partnerships at Meta that focus on student athletes. What is your charge? Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. Uh, you may not know this, Andy, since we just got acquainted, but I feel like I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. I'm a huge college basketball fan. My affinity is, I think, above my head on this Zoom call. Um, so I, it, it's a pleasure to get finally get to meet you after having read your work and followed your work for a very, very long time. Uh, so thank that. you for having me, of course. Uh, in terms of, yeah, my charge remit, it really is about being the connective bridge and tissue between our company and its priorities and the student-athlete ecosystem and what are the opportunities and needs and challenges that face student-athletes. And obviously not for nothing, one of the biggest opportunities that you know occurred July 1st of 2021 was around NIL. And so we thought to ourselves back in 2020, well, if we're reading the tea leaves properly and NIL is going to be a thing at the collegiate level, well, the thesis also is that social media is going to be one of the primary places where the spirit of NIL is going to come to life, where athletes can express themselves, build community, and monetize and profit off of their NIL. So we wanted to make sure we were ready for that moment and then really just being of service to student-athletes so that we can make our platforms, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, et cetera, providing more utility and being of greater value to student-athletes as they enter this era and participate in NIL. So one of the things that student-athletes have had to deal with forever, as long as I've been covering professionally, uh, is the negativity. And for years, it would be, you know, literally it could be yelled at you. It could be letters back in the Stone Age. Uh, it could be in a Colin radio show. Um, and then it progressed, obviously, as social media, um, you know, grew. And there are certain platforms where there's more negativity and trolling than others. Uh, you can only control what you can control. So under your umbrella, how are you advising these student athletes and dealing with the negativity that they that they could actually deal with uh, that certainly could affect their mental health? Yeah, absolutely. So we know that for all of the opportunity that college athletes have playing on really some of the biggest stages in the world, it's also when they potentially may be at their most vulnerable, right? So it's great to hit the game winning shot, but what happens if you miss? And the last thing anyone wants is for an athlete to go home, open up their social media and be exposed to hurtful or hateful content. Since I've been here, which is roughly five years, a little under five years, athlete safety and well-being has been my number one priority. And we take a lot of pride in having built best-in-class tools to help people feel like they can have a safe and positive experience when they're using Instagram and Facebook. I'll call it a couple of tools because, again, we can't control for all the experience, but we can do is educate and enable student athletes to have the experience they want. There are a couple of tools that we've developed over the past few years that I believe are instrumental to the experience student athletes can have when they're at their peak, as well as when they're experiencing 
you know, there are lows. One is called hidden words, which we developed fairly recently. It allows you to hide offensive content from your comments and DMs, as well as enabling you to create a custom list of words, emojis, phrases, et cetera. So I think we all know there are commonly used offensive phrases and terms that our platform will actually automatically filter out, but there may be others that are personally offensive to you as an individual. And so you have the ability to build your own custom list, so to speak. Um, there's another tool, which frankly, I really encourage athletes who may be listening to this to try out, which is called Limits. And this is really to allow you to hide comments and DMs from two groups. The first group is people who don't follow you on Instagram. The second is people who just started following you in the last seven days. So to my earlier comment about, heaven forbid you missed the game winning shot, you'll be able to block comments and DMs from people who might be coming to your account for the sole purpose of inflicting abuse. Uh, I'd encourage everybody on this call, frankly, um, as well as student athletes who are listening to go into your account settings, click on privacy and see the comprehensive list of tools. But again, safety and well-being is at the top of my list when it comes to priorities. When we're on campuses with college athletes, when we're talking to administrators, it's the topic we lead with. And not for nothing, the only way that we're developing better tools and products to create better experiences for student athletes is listening to them and hearing about their experiences, bringing that feedback within the walls of Meta so we can make improvements to our products and help them have the experiences they want to have. The crazy thing, Dave, is that it's not just when you miss the shot in this gambling era that we're in, sometimes when you make the shot at the end of a game and it can affect the line, you could really hear about it, even if your team won. You know, I mean, that's what's crazy, this era that we're in right now. So there's the whole gambling aspect as well and how that affects the student athlete who was just out there playing and, you know, hopefully not thinking about the line or anything like that. Um, how do you handle that? Yeah, I, similarly with those tools, but I would agree. I agree with you. I think two of the the stronger headwinds that uh, that we've had to really think about and consider and, and support the urgency of our work have been sports betting in the United States, which continues to proliferate, you know, across states, as well as NIL, because as we both know, a lot of those deals are are public knowledge, so to speak. And maybe they create a level of expectation between the fan and the athlete that made it maybe not didn't maybe did not exist, you know, prior to this era of July 1st, 2021. And so it makes our work that much more important. It also makes the awareness of these tools that much more important as well. And so we've certainly thought through it in that context. We also have gotten to do a lot of learning in other markets around the world, right? Global Instagram and Facebook are global platforms. Some of these markets have had things like sports betting already introduced to those markets. So we've been able to observe behaviors, understand what tools are landing, what services are landing, and then be able to bring that into the United States to help protect the mental health and well-being of student athletes. All right, there's so much on their plate, uh, not just the student athletes, but coaches, administrators. How, I mean, everything you're saying is great, wonderful, informative, educational. How does it get from what we're talking about here, literally to that student athlete? Because suddenly, you know, a, a student athlete who we're not thinking about is not a headline. Suddenly in the NCAA tournament or in the College World Series or you name it, 
pops up, has this unbelievable event, and their whole social media platform absolutely balloons. How is that individual educated? Like, how do they get this information uh, when maybe they weren't directed initially because they weren't on everyone's radar? Yeah, so well, fortunately for, you know, series like this, hopefully there are student athletes and administrators who are tuning in and able to, to glean some of these insights just by listening to this kind of programming. We have done a job, you know, over the past couple of years of really leading with education at scale because it doesn't matter to me if you're the Heisman Award winner on stage in New York in December or you are Division Three athlete, you know, playing in Chattanooga. The reality is, if you want to participate in this NIL era, if you are interested in building community on your social media platforms, all of this is pertinent to you. And so we've really worked to drive education with partnerships, as well as showing up quite literally in, in these college campuses to deliver this kind of education. We've been to a handful of campuses around the country. We developed unique partnerships with third-party platforms like Influencer, with front office sports, third parties that are engaging the ecosystem of student athletes. And I really use that term intentionally because, you know, it's really hard for me to be able to respond to 400,000 DMs every day from a student athlete who wants to gain more information about how to be safe or how to build a community. It's a little bit easier for me to engage all of the third parties who have a vested interest in supporting student athletes. And at the top of that list are college athletics administrators who now more than ever want to support student athletes both on and off the field. And so I want a lot of these administrators who have willingly taken more on their plate in order to support the lives of student athletes and their experience as college athletes right now. How would you advise them in terms of the engagement with the user? Because I know from my own personal experience, sometimes you start off just going back and forth and then you go down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. So how, how do you engage, uh, how do you advise them as to how much they should engage with the people that follow them? Yeah, it's, it's really not my, my job to try to encourage everybody to be the next Libby Dunn, so to speak. It's really about creating tools and sharing strategies and approaches for individuals to authentically express themselves and build community on our platforms. And Frankly, to put, to your point, Andy, to put the social back in social media, I get a lot of athletes who, who come to me when I'm on campus or at various events and they say, hey, I'm not the most creative person in the world. I don't really know what kind of content to create. I don't know how to talk to my audience, you know, or what's going to be interesting. And, and I always point them to, to two things. One is, well, maybe it's worth writing down the things that you actually are interested in beyond the sport you play, whether it's gaming or fashion or food, et cetera, and thinking about how you want to express yourself within the topics and passions that you personally have. The second is just simply talking to your fans and opening up a dialogue. I mean, we have built-in tools, most platforms do, but especially Instagram, tools to help facilitate that dialogue. And you know, the example I'll give you is, let's say you're an athlete at Wisconsin and you've got a big road game in Ann Arbor, if you may not have a great creative idea for content to create, why not just ask your fans what they want to see? Where in Ann Arbor do you want them? You know, do they want you to take them? What kind of day in the life content are they wanting to, to better glean, you know, from your experience traveling on the road as a student athlete? 
I think having that two-way dialogue helps you better serve your community in a healthy and positive way, but it also demystifies or takes away from the anxiety of, well, I don't have 500 great ideas of content to create on a daily basis. Talk to your fans. As we, as we both know, fans are very willing to share their opinions and perspectives on social media, and we can use that to our advantage if we're student athletes um, who are trying to better serve them and try to better express themselves. Yeah, there's no question I've learned over the years that, um, you know, taking the viewer where they can't go uh, is always going to be a huge plus. And that could be a shoot around. It could be, you know, behind the bowels of a certain arena or stadium that the regular ticket holder can't get to. People love that content. Of course, as a student athlete, you have to walk that fine line of what your coach uh, will be okay with you sharing or your teammates in the locker room. So, you know, that's another aspect of, you know, how do you, in building your brand, how do you do it within the confines of your own environment as to not, you know, upset those that you're either playing with or playing under? Yeah, so I know that there's probably even more responsibility today placed on coaches and administrators on where to draw those those types of lines, right? And I think as we know, just following the headlines, certain coaches draw those lines in different places within their programs. And I'm not here to advocate for there being no line whatsoever, but I think what we found is that social media can raise the profile of a program of the individual athletes who are playing and ideally build greater fandom. I mean, look no further than what's happened with LSU's program during their national championship run. It's no surprise that they have athletes who are amongst the most socially active on Instagram, but also a coach and an administration that is supportive of them expressing themselves and their personal brands and working with the university to raise their profiles. And I would encourage any student athlete who's listening to this to have an open and active dialogue with the athletics administrators around not just the rules, but around the opportunities. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, more and more these administrators, these programs are understanding that there is a value, that there's value they can be delivering to student athletes that goes beyond getting them ready to perform at the highest of levels in the sport that they play. There is also an opportunity for them to create great content together, to raise the profile of that program and to support that student athlete for the things that they may want to do after they graduate and move on to different things in their lives as well. Dave, what, what have you found in terms of uh, how uh, student athletes, um, regardless of gender, ethnicity, have engaged with you know, different parts of the populace? I mean, we're not a monolithic society. Social media certainly is not monolithic. Um, and there's different pockets that you can hit depending upon either your gender, your ethnicity, that, you know, certainly can build your brand that not everyone can build in the same manner. So at the end of the day, like I said earlier, we want to create places and tools that help student-athletes express themselves how they choose. And they're building communities of fans and followers that ideally are connecting with similar passions, interests, or hobbies. Like there's no real cookie-cutter approach or cookie-cutter audience. The audiences are very disparate when it comes to the same, you know, different athletes on the same team. Being a student athlete, in my opinion, is really just the front door, so to speak, right? That might get people interested, but what's going to get people to stay and truly be part of your community 
is bring them closer into the things that you share and love. And I'll give you a real life example. I'm an Notre Dame guy, as, as you've heard, and as I've got above my head on this call. Uh, I might follow Kaylin Shea on their national championship fencing team because her being on the team is my entry point into becoming aware of her. But what's going to have me stay, be engaged, hit that follow button is, to your point, getting all that behind-the-scenes content around life as a Notre Dame student and athlete, what life is like in South Bend, her unique perspective as a college athlete, but also being from a different country. That's the good stuff people stick around for. Every, I mean, you talk to any student athlete, you talk to more than, I'm, than I could fathom. They all have a different story. None of them have the exact same story. And none of them have the exact same passions or interests. And so encouraging them to share that in hopes that fans may connect with those things. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, the cliche of sort of putting the social media back in, in social, but I do think there is the element of, of opening up dialogue and understanding what your fans' needs and wants and interests may be. Um, the male-female ethnicity question is an interesting one or topic. I really think it's just about having an intention around what kind of community you want to be building and how that reflects your values, your passions, how you identify or what communities you do identify with. And then subsequently, how does that content reflect all of those things? And it's important to note and to acknowledge for any student athlete that it doesn't matter if you play in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Albuquerque, New Mexico, Instagram and Facebook have no borders. You can build a global fan base. Instagram has almost 500 million sports fans. Facebook has almost 700 million sports fans. The average athlete on our platform has, has followers, excuse me, from upwards of 128 different countries. So that's your opportunity as an athlete is to connect and build community with people from all walks of life and around the world. And again, it's through your content, it's through your interests, through your passions and through that dialogue. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, and I think also you can educate and the example and the anecdote that pops in my head is, you know, during the NCAA tournament, Adama Sanogo, um, who's a practicing Muslim was going through, you know, through Ramadan and there were chunks of obviously the day that he wasn't eating. And here is, you know, the best player on the team that ultimately won the national championship. Um, I would have loved to see that behind the scenes content uh, that he obviously would have to feel comfortable with of what that day was like, you know, where you got to eat before sunrise and then you can't eat again until sunset. Um, you know, that's stuff that you just don't always see that takes you behind the curtain that could also educate people on various religions and ethnicities. And I mentioned the, the concept of, you know, being a student athlete, being the front door, but people are coming to Instagram and Facebook to get all the stuff they aren't getting on a broadcast as an example, right? Being on, on broadcast, be watching somebody from the stands, what it's going to do is it's going to help me pick up my phone and go look at their Instagram profile. The question is, what are they going to find when they get there? If it's just pictures of you in your uniform, is that going to really incentivize somebody to click that follow button? Or is it to potentially learn something about who they are beyond their experience as a student athlete? Maybe they're a gamer. Maybe they identify with the religion that you identify with. Something that's a commonality that wants you to be part of the, the path, part of the journey that they're taking and that they're bringing you along as well. Hey, one last thing about uh, NIL. Um, it's our new reality here. 
uh, how can student athletes, you know, better leverage themselves uh, to these brands in a positive way uh, and and basically take advantage uh, of their situation, uh, you know, as best they can. For sure. And actually, you know, you've, your commentaries reminded me of something that I, I just noticed because I think it's very easy to celebrate success, but I've been inspired by seeing athletes who embrace their losses. And I'll take us away from a college athlete example, but I'll give you a very recent relevant example, which is Ryan Garcia. So Ryan Garcia, for those of us who might be boxing fans, just lost a huge fight to Gervonta Davis. And that was on April 22nd. That night, the next day, he was creating content, sharing content with his fans, even had a picture with Gervonta Davis. Between that fight and yesterday, he grew 625,000 followers. So he embraced his losses. He owned his narrative. And I think student athletes shouldn't just focus on celebrating all the highs and running away from all the lows. Those lows can be learning opportunities on the field, as well as opportunities to engage your fans more deeply off the court. And to tie that into, you know, your, your question around brands, I've got, you're gonna have to rein me in here because I feel like I have a lot of uh, recommendations for student athletes, but one, just being authentic, which maybe is a little cliched, but at the end of the day, fans are very perceptive and they know when, when you're being really authentic and credible and they know when you're not being that. The number one trait that I've seen with student athletes being successful in this era is being proactive. The vast majority of student athletes will not just be able to sit back and have deals fall into their lap. Go and talk to the average creator on our platforms. They will tell you how much they hustle to build their businesses. And when you also think about NIL and working with brands, the vast majority of student athletes are going to be doing deals and working with brands at the local and regional level. So go out and talk to these people in these businesses, learn about their businesses, try to share how you can uniquely work with them and help them drive exposure and excuse me, exposure and drive their business objectives, reach out to them, DM them, drop by their store. When I'm on campus and I talk to these student athletes, the ones who have had the most success are by far the ones who have been proactive. It is at the top of the list of behaviors that lead to success. Um, showing off your personality, similar to my comment about, you know, fans looking for you, but if all they find is you in your uniform and pictures of you on the field, how does that distinguish you from your peers? How does that help illustrate any alignment that a brain might have of you and your passions or interests? Um, tapping into, I mentioned the importance of athletics administrators. Now more than ever, they are incentivized to be a supportive resource, tap into whatever it is they have to offer. They are your day-to-day on-the-ground support for all things being a tremendous student, a tremendous athlete, and a tremendous creator on social media. And they do have resources and an interest, a vested interest in helping you on that journey, often on the field. Um, the last two things, because again, I'm, I, I probably need to rein myself in here. Tap into each other as student-athletes. No two athletes have the exact same audience. You have the opportunity to literally collaborate with each other and grow each other's audiences by just collaborating and sharing that audience. And then, because I know you and I both know the rise of marketplaces, so to speak, when it comes to where student-athletes and brands can work together, in my opinion, 
sign up for as many of them as you possibly can and manage and keep the ones that produce results for you. It's uh, the analogy I use is they're like dating apps, right? You're probably, if you're on one of them, you're probably on a lot of them and you're probably staying on the ones that deliver for you. Same thing with these marketplaces. There are a number of them that are out there. Hopefully there are ones that are providing you with the results that you want and go back to those. Hey, one thing I want to end this way and, um, uh, I want to bring this back full circle to where we started our conversation because uh, all this is great. I want all these student athletes to have as much success as they can. Um, but I also hope, and this is my charge thrown out to, to them, and I, I think you'll agree with me here, is you talked about them being on the sort of the front porch now of these universities. And going back to mental health, I would love to see even more. We've had a lot, but even more student athletes really share their stories because every single person that I know at some point, you know, will have some anxious moments of anxiety, um, you know, and whether that's you're, you know, playing your youth softball before you're out to, you know, pitch against the best hitter on the opposing team and you got those butterflies. Well, how, how did, the player who plays for Oklahoma at the College World Series, how did that player handle that moment before they struck out the player to win the World Series? Because it all relates. And I think the more that student-athletes can share their daily struggles that everyone has to all different degrees and the education piece, I think will not only just help better everyone, but help your brand and all that because you're real. You are, you know, you're, you're three-dimensional. And I, I really hope that more student athletes will take to their social media for that aspect, not just the brand, the NIL and all that's great, but to add some more dimension to themselves that I think will help others. I, I, one of the great things about this era, because I know we read a lot of noise in the media around a lot of stuff around NIL, but the spirit of NIL, I, I do believe lives on our platforms and where you're able to see all of the great things about it come to life. And it's no coincidence that we're talking during Mental Health Awareness Month. Minority Mental Health Awareness Month is later this summer. And I completely agree with you in sharing those stories, getting some of these topics out in the open, because that's not only healthy for these student athletes to share their stories, it is incredibly impactful for their fans to hear those stories as well. I mean, how many of those fans are experiencing that even if they're not playing in college, maybe they're playing youth sports, maybe they're struggling in the classroom with some of those same topics. And one of the great things about NIL is it's not just about, again, trying to get everybody to make a million dollars during their college career. It can be about you having a community or a cause that you care about and being able to participate in this era and leverage your community on Instagram and Facebook to drive support for those communities and causes. And to your point, Andy, drive the conversation about those communities and causes. And mental health is clearly near at the top of the list when it comes to things that we're all thinking about when it comes to student athletes. And as I mentioned, for us in our platforms, we have a responsibility to try and help them have a safe and positive experience. And we'll continue to be work doing that kind of work moving forward. Dave, I think we could talk for hours uh, you know, on this topic and I really appreciate it. Uh, everything that you're doing with the student athletes uh, at Meta. Uh, I wish you continued success. Uh, I know you want me to say go Irish, but uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I see it behind you. Um, hey, I appreciate it. And as always, 
everyone can go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series just like this one are archived thanks for watching everyone